I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you for being here for this extended interview with Todd where we're going to be talking about how to build, leverage, and share your network as a remote worker. Hey Todd, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being here. Before we get to all of your amazing tips and tricks, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, so I have a lot of values around freedom and living a life that gives you time and space and energy to be able to do the things you really want to do and not necessarily have to have to do. I've always chosen to live this this entrepreneurial offbeat life even when I was in corporate. I sort of tried to make that work for me in the best way that I possibly could by just doing things differently. And so I choose to live an offbeat life. I think I do live an offbeat life is because I really truly value freedom in and space, spaciousness and being able to do that. I think that's like our anthem, right? As remote workers, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. freedom. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All of us are, uh, you know, wearing that makeup, but William Wallace on the Braveheart, <laughs> screaming freedom, yes. With a laptop on one hand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that would be a good logo for somebody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we, ju- we we may have just given somebody an idea for a logo there. There you go. If yeah, that can help exactly. you out. There you go. So networking can be a little tricky for people like us as remote workers. You know, as podcasters, you also have a podcast, Todd. I mean, it's kind of easier for us because we do this. We interview people. We talk to people. You know, you network that way. But for a lot of remote workers, when you're working from home, it may seem like you're isolated. So and you're amazing at networking obviously. Can you give us some of your tips on how we can do this well and do it appropriately, especially when it's not face-to-face? Yeah. Um, I want to start with sort of a, a mindset behind networking first before I go to tips, because mm-hmm. I think that networking, a lot of times people see this as, how can I get what I want to get mm. by networking? And it becomes this consumeristic kind of view of networking where you know I want to I want to reach out to somebody because I want something from them or I want I want what they have or I want to tap into their network because it's bigger than mine. And that approach a lot of people do. Okay? I'm not saying that it's wrong. What I'm saying is that that mindset can be limiting if you think about networking as only that mindset is what can I get or what can I, you know, tap into. So Networks are interesting things. They're living organisms. They are growing and they require nurturing. They will stifle and die if you don't, if you don't nurture them and you have to stay on top of it. So I think this mindset of being a little bit more open around my network as a living organism 
It's got a heartbeat. It's moving in a direction right now. Where do I want that network to move? That is an area of interest that I have. It's a, it's a something I want to get into. For instance, there was a time when I lived in London, I was doing tons of stuff in London, and I had never even tapped into Oxford with the university there and what they were doing. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to gravitate and start focusing on building some network in Oxford as well. And it was amazing to me how quickly that opened up. People were really open to have conversations. And I found myself in two months teaching at Oxford University in a entrepreneur class. And I was like, how did this happen? You know, like, how did this happen over a couple months time? It happened because the network was a living organism. And I just started branching out of areas of interest where I was in. So if you can look at your network as something that's living and growing and breathing, instead of something you can get out of a network, you plug in and get out. That to me is like um, a limiting mindset. It's not the wrong one or whatever. It's just limiting. So having this open, organic, kind of growing networking feel gives you more freedom. It gives you more ability to access people you never really thought that you would access. So that's kind of like the mindset undertone of where I kind of, how I view my network. Yeah. And that's a smart way of thinking about it too, because that's really how you need to look at this in most situations. <laughs> yeah. And I would say like, like tips. I mean, the cold reach to people is pretty difficult. I mean, I get probably 30 to 40, hey, I'd love to have a virtual coffee with you a day. Mm. And it's like, uh, first of all, I have time to have virtual coffees with everybody. And I really wish people would just tell me what they what they want, right? <laughs> Instead of like, let's have a virtual coffee. Get to the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so I think, you know, I think a, a good tip if you're trying to reach out to network is to tell people like what your motivation is. Like, hey, I, I wanted to connect with you because of X, Y, and Z. This is what I really would like, why I'm connecting with you. And just be honest with them. And they'll tell you whether they want to connect or not. So I think that's that's sort of like the the primary tip is, you know, don't have a passive aggressive or hidden agenda kind of feel to these reach outs because it, it, people smell that a mile away, mm -hmm. and then they won't accept, they won't respond to your messages. So yeah, and and I think you also have to think if you're going to reach out to some somebody, what's in it for them, because if you're just reaching out for yourself, it's it's very one sided. So maybe there's something, a connection you can make for them. So like do your research and say, this person's in this line of work. Well, I know these people that I don't see in their network. Maybe I'm just going to start the conversation by introducing these two people. Mm -hmm. Here's somebody that I know. And I do this about, about every quarter. I sit down and I just go through my network because it's constantly growing. I go through my network and I'm like, who needs to meet each other? Who have I met that should meet each other? And I just make an introduction and leave it. There's no strings attached. But what I found is it's a really good thing because people come back and say, wow, you know, this person you introduced me to, we did this together, or I learned this from them. Thank you so much. Or I was opened up to their network, which I never had access to. And so you never know what a connection will do. So to me, that's a huge part of this is, is give away your network, share your network, because it will help you grow your network. I've also found, Todd, that one you're 
really sharing and you're doing it in a genuine way, you don't even have to ask anymore. People will be willing to do things that you actually wanted them to do without even saying anything because they're like, oh my goodness, they're such good people. I want to do something for you now. You know, yeah. how yeah. can I help you? And they're the the ones who are going to be asking you what you need without you even like begging for it or trying to yeah. weasel your way into it. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think joining in conversations is good too. I see a lot of people who are doing this good and bad right? Where they're joining in a conversation to truly join in it, or they're joining in a conversation to bait people to ask them something so they can sell them something or whatever, right? So like this, there's a lot of this going on in social media as well, too. So I think join a conversation to learn not to get something out of that uh, for yourself. And these are all just underlying ways of building your network that is a longevity network, a long lasting network, not just a short term type of thing. Yeah. And I also see this often and we get this email and Todd and I have, we both have podcasts and I'm pretty sure you get a ton of emails from people like, can I be on your podcast or can you give me a shout out, whether it's in social media and any, really in any platforms. And most of the time, 80% of the time, I never answer back because it's all about them. You know, you mentioned this, Todd, it's all about them. Hey, can you do this for me? Me, 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 me. And you're like, I don't even know who you are. Who yeah. are you? Why are you reaching out to me and asking me for favor? you don't know me, you have no idea what I probably do, except you have a certain amount of following or reach and they just want that from you. So that's a big no, no. And we most likely will not listen or respond back to you if you do that. Yeah, I've heard of that uh, um, from approach of a vending machine. Right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like vending machine energy where people are putting in a coin and expecting something. That's not networking. That's trade, right? <laughs> so, so I think I think just having the right mindset behind your network, and where do you want to grow your network? Like this is another thing. The, the Oxford example I gave you. I've done this many, many times. I got into um, cryptocurrency and blockchain learning, and I started expanding my network in that. I've got into other types of things, other jobs that I've had, and I just start expanding my network. I start posting articles that then get people who meet up with me. I was doing this when I was doing, you know, smart city technologies and these types of things where I just started posting articles around what other people in the world that were doing great. And I started like growing that network super fast because people want to engage in those conversations. So this is the best way I think to grow your network. And what I've seen is, you know, right now I told you, I think on the, on the previous, the earlier interview, I told you about taking a sabbatical for eight weeks. And now I'm actually kind of looking for what's next. And what I'm finding is a lot of these people I've connected with over the last couple of years are really, really stepping up to help me find what's next for me, which I find really, really great. And it shows that that's the right kind of network you want to have, not the kind of network that is, you know, um, this vending machine network. Mm -hmm. Now, for somebody who's a newbie, a beginner, who is really afraid to maybe approach somebody, what would be the best, you know, practice that they should do if they want to maybe connect with someone? Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. You can, you can sit around all day and have a limiting belief in your mind that they're never going to answer you. 
they're too important, they're whatever. But I think you just have to try, right? You just have to try and be willing to maybe not get a response or not get the response you wanted. Just reach out to people. I mean, I have reached out to some super famous people. I have reached out to tons of people because I wanted to connect with them around something. Some of them I've heard back from, others I have not. But you just have to try. So it's it's that first step. If you start thinking, if you start overthinking it, then it's gonna you know your mind's gonna get the best of you. Um, but if you can just go, hey, I'm just gonna try this. What have I got to lose, right? Yeah, it's definitely taking action. And I always say that it's better to fail than to not do anything. You know, because that in itself is already a failure. You know, you haven't done anything, so what do you have to complain about? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the thing about it is, is, you know, if you're worried about it, then just, just pick one or two and try it once. Mm -hmm. Like it's a baby step. Try, try one or two people and, and reach out there. I mean, typically when I reach out to somebody, I'll go back to the tips a little bit. When I'm reaching out to somebody cold, I will, first of all, have a very short, a very short intro of what I want or whatever. Like, I, don't don't send me a book, right? Like, don't send people a book, the War and Peace, on your first email <laughs> because, or your first contact because people aren't going to read it. To be fair, most people do not read mail messages in LinkedIn. I mean, most people just ignore those unless they just don't get very many and this is they're excited about getting something. I don't know. But most people who uh, have a pretty large network they just don't even answer it. I mean, I rarely, I rarely answer those ones in LinkedIn just because there's too many of them. So if you're going to reach out to somebody, what I would suggest is get their email and craft a really nice email for them. And I always put in the email, the reason I like this is because you have a subject line. Whereas on LinkedIn, you, the only time I think you have a subject line is when you connect with them. Other than that, you don't when you do a new message unless I'm wrong about LinkedIn. But what I like about subject lines in emails is, is they are the deciding factor whether somebody's going to actually open your email and have a look at it. So what I always tell people about emails is intrigue the person that you are sending email to. And it's not a, it's not a bait and switch. It's not a trick. But you want to put something in the email that's going to get their attention. For instance, if you're emailing a marketing director, look at the company's Twitter or, you know, hashtags that they're using and put that in the, in the comment. I mean, in the, in the subject line, but then you can't just put it in there and not say anything about it. It has to have a payoff, meaning when they open up because they're intrigued by the subject line, then you need to mention why you said what you said in the subject line. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if I put a hashtag, whatever that the company is using, say it's Johnson and Johnson, and they're using a hashtag of, you know, you know, clean babies, right? I might put hashtag clean babies, then that marketing director is going to open it because they know that's their hashtag. You might say, hey, I love what you're doing with this hashtag. And I've seen some really cool engagement on some of your forums with this. That's the payoff to the subject line. And then you can make the connection to someone to just say, the reason I'm reaching out to you today is because of this. And then I always just end the email very quickly, like, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to, to speak if I could. And then for more information, see below. And then below my signature, I put all the big book that people usually write, right? So like information about the company so that they have a very short email. They can decide what they want to do with it. 
and they don't have to read a ton of stuff to get to the thing. Because think about this. When most people send emails, they send a really, really long explanation on what their company is about, why they're great. Here's articles on it. And then at the very end, they ask for something. Mm. Nobody ever gets to the end. So ask up front, be direct, be intriguing, and give them a reason to want to reach out to you. That's kind of my And to add to that, also a big no-no is sending a mass email. <laughs> yeah, I hate mass emails. I don't send them either. I think I think the only the only reason you should send a mass email is if you have you know tons and tons of people who have decided to join a list. That's mm-hmm. okay. Right? Yeah, but don't cold send mass emails out. No, but everybody hates those. Yeah. They're not, you know they're not they're not personal. People aren't going to open them. People aren't you know you're not going to get the the traction that you want out of that. Yeah. I mean, the only time I send a mass email is to our newsletter, like you were talking about, uh, Todd. But if you want to connect with people that and also we notice it right away. We know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Especially if it says name instead of your actual <laughs> name or or your last name instead of your first name, which some people some people make a mistake that way. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, well, thank you so much, Todd, for all of these amazing tips that you just shared with us. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Well, it's, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Todd O'Brien on LinkedIn. I'm sure the, it'll be in the show notes, my, a link to my LinkedIn. And that's usually the best place to get a hold of me. And uh, if you really want to get creative and you've decided to listen to the end of the bonus, the bonus here, you can email me at evolve, which is E-V-O-L-V-E, at keepitweirdmedia.com. Send me a really intriguing, interesting subject line (laughs) and uh, see if I open your email and respond to it. That'd be great. That's a good exercise right there. Nice. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for being here. We really appreciate you. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Todd. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where he shares how he has been able to help businesses scale up. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing, to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.